0: Welcome to the NOMIC. It's a midweek read from Sunday Letters. I'm Larry McGuire. The NOMIC goes out usually on a Wednesday, a little bit later this week. Um, And it includes something that's been on my mind, a thought that's been on my mind, a quote that stands out for me, um, a book that I want to recommend to you, a music album from my playlist, and a visit to the archive. And this week, uh, what's been on my mind is Uh, This whole idea that the human race is traumatized or continues, is traumatized and continues to traumatize itself, both on an individual level and on a collective level. You could be uh, within the family structure, uh, be subjected to uh, psychological, mental, physical, sexual abuse in the home, or as an ethnic group, you could be like the aboriginals in Australia or the Native American Indians uh, in the U.S., or um, any tribal group, any small ethnic group that's been uh, on the receiving end of abuse from uh, some other tyrant, like the Irish at the hands of the British. Now, not British people, per se, but the establishment. Uh, So um, trauma is there for us, and it's at the root of... Uh, The formation of us as human beings from the time we're born, even that whole process of birth is traumatic for a child, a baby, who maybe has no even perception of itself as a separate entity from its mother. And suddenly it's thrust into the world out of the comfort of the womb. That's traumatic. And then throughout our lives, we continually undergo these traumatic events and these traumatic experiences, some worse than others. Some stand out like mountains on a on a landscape, and others are just hills, but we all have our own trauma to deal with, and it's all relative. Um, and there's no getting away from it. It's there. Freud said that we can try to hide our trauma, but it'll play out in our behavior. Um, his quote is let me read it for you here. We can find it. Here we go. He said, he that has eyes to see and and ears to hear may convince himself that no mortal can keep a secret. If his lips are silent, he chatters with his fingertips. Betrayal oozes out of him at every pore. All right. So that's um, using the male pronoun, but it's applicable to females too. So in all human behavior, there is the playing out of Uh, maybe our attempts to conceal our trauma or the trauma itself. So you could you could have compulsive behavior. You could be an alcoholic, be drug addict. And you could be a functional alcoholic or drug addict. You could uh, be addicted to betting. You could be addicted to shopping. You could uh, have a sex addiction. You could have. I don't know. You could be an abusive partner. You could be an abusive parent. You could be on the receiving end of abuse. So we all kind of slot in based on our perception of what it means to be loved, for example, or uh, what it means to be a valuable uh, human being. And the family is the um, prototype for our engagement with society. Eric Fromm spoke about this in his concept of the typical human character. A typical social character, I think is what he said. So, um it plays out. And it seems obvious to me, as I watch myself and I watch other people in the world and how we behave and perform, um we carry with us the trauma. and we we it might be unbeknownst to us. For a lot of us, it's unbeknownst. So we bury it deep, you know, um you couldn't you could uh, recognize completely. That maybe you were subjected to physical abuse as a child and remember that completely um, and in order to escape the pain of that, turn to alcohol or turn to food or turn to something to um, uh, channel the discomfort. I mean, you can put it to good use. I know uh, one particular sports person where I'm from, very prominent in the world of sport, Irish sport, who uh, uh, has achieved a lot. Um But his brother took a different route, became a drug addict from the time he was a young teenager and uh, unfortunately passed away uh, several years ago. So you can come from the same family structure and find a different means to cope with the trauma of your experience. Um, And it's remarkable to me how in society we have identified these traumas, at least the playing out of these traumas, whatever way it, it happens to play out. Uh, and we glorify them and we, exempl- we, we, we exemplify them on the TV. My 600 pound life glorifies, albeit it's, you know, it's framed within, you know, this kind of idea that, OK, you've got a problem now. It's time to solve it. But make no mistake, the program glorifies this way of life because they know that people will watch the TV show and so they can get more dollars from advertisers and convince show advertisers that they get this big audience because we're kind of in order to make our own existence. Okay. We choose to look at these people and and say, well, at least I'm okay. You know, the Kardashians is another one. Uh, There's many of these shows, Love Island, right? So all of this is uh, shining a spotlight on the worst of human behaviors. um, In order to, commoditize it and so um there's that aspect of it and then the other aspect of it is that we try to uh, soothe ourselves medicate ourselves with alcohol and drugs and and other compulsive behaviors that really don't help us um and i this just seems so obvious and i don't know um maybe that's okay is it um Surely, uh, surely it's at the root of our, our, our biggest problems in society. Um, and this has been on my mind. So let me read this week's uh, short article for you. I spend a lot of my time observing people. I ask myself, why does this or that person behave as they do? Why do I behave as I do? The reactions are responses to conditions, both in and out of our control. In that sense, Skinner was right, but in favor of a reductionist version of reality, he missed the underlying root cause. These conditions could be the most insignificant everyday occurrences, like bumping into someone when you weren't looking, or the choice of whether or not to let someone into your line of traffic, or they could be catastrophic, like a car accident or the loss of a loved one. In all of these incidents, we show ourselves and that self we show can be measured and premeditated, or it can be unguarded and reactionary. In all of that, there is the traumatized individual. It is ultimately unavoidable and forms what Jung referred to as the shadow. Every one of us is traumatized to varying degrees, and it stays with us throughout our lives. We hide it. Some of us hide it very well and others not so well. Then it explodes in a fit of rage or implodes in a depressive episode. perhaps even a suicide attempt in the homeless drug addict for example or the dysfunctional teenager it may be obvious it's easy to see on reality TV my 600 pound life Love Island or any one of the hundreds of reality shows that serve only to commoditize and glorify the most acute manifestations of trauma we don't see it in the face of the 40-something mother of three until one afternoon she takes the lives of her three children to save them the pain and discomfort of her perceived reality. We don't see it in the everyday actions of the farmer until he kills his lover, then burns her on a bonfire of tires because she was going to leave him. Nor do we see it in the self-employed architect who drops his skids to school every morning, or indeed in our own compulsive behavior behind closed doors. As Freud said, he that has eyes to see and ears to hear may convince himself that no mortal can keep a secret. If his lips are silent, he chatters with his fingertips. Betrayal oozes out of him at every pore. And so, although we try to hide our own personal trauma, it always finds its expression. Obsessive or compulsive behavior, neuroticism, addiction, fits of rage, depression and anxiety, feelings of elitism and irrational self-confidence, the pursuit of success and material wealth, they are all manifestations of a self that hides from the reality of its own experience desperate to conceal from itself the trauma of its own past, often convincing itself of its triviality, the self goes about the business of life. I have been traumatized, and I in turn have traumatized my children. If I could be a new parent all over again, I would do it very differently. However, I must also recognize that parenting, as it is with all areas of life, cannot be polarized. Too much support and we make our children overreliant and weak, too much stimulation, and we kill their individuality and creative abilities. Just as the obscene is a response to trauma, so are the creative and innovative aspects of human behavior. There must be a balance in every aspect of life, and we can only ever act to achieve that balance now, not yesterday or tomorrow. We can reflect on our actions and decide to act differently, or we can keep doing what we've always done. The latter teaches us nothing. There is no growth in that, so we must be willing to address our individual trauma. To learn is to change, and to change is to recognize that life has two sides, and that our own personal trauma exists on that darker side, the one that we'd rather not face. On a final note, some may suggest that the above view takes an unnecessarily negative perspective of life, and ultimately doesn't serve us. I would counter that by saying, unless we do, in fact, face that which, Underlies our behaviour, both positive and negative aspects. We learn nothing about our motivations. The dominant voice on matters of self-care and mental well-being call for positivity, but positivity without perspective, as I wrote the other week, is merely lipstick on a pig. Thanks for listening to this week's uh, the nomic, uh, the weekly, the midweek issue of Sunday Letters. Um just a thought that's been on my mind. And I think um, this manifestation of our own individual trauma plays out in society, in broader societal problems. Uh, And unless we can solve our own shit, sort our own shit out, acknowledge that it exists and accept that, you know, we're not who we think we are. um, Nothing changes. And people come to mind as I talk about this, you know, people that I know. Um, and it's it's really difficult for us to come to terms with, with our own indiscretions or those aspects of our own personality and character that actually we're, we're actually quite reliant on because without them we cease to exist, you know it's very difficult to say, well, actually, you know what? That's that's a flawed way to view the world because it's who we are. And I think if you take that on a broader note, if you look at any, uh, say, um, collective uh, racist attitude or um, sexism or ageism or any kind of uh, discrimination against another group, it really is that group saying, this is who we are. And without that, uh, discrimination, we cease to exist, and on an, an individual level, it can be very destructive to relationships. Um, I don't, I don't have an answer other than, I think it probably solves itself. It has to at some stage. We have to. I mean, if we don't do it while we're living and breeding, and um, when the point of death comes along, when we're finally saying good luck to this physical reality. I think we won't have any choice. So we do have a choice maybe. Although you could say uh, in the absence of our recognition of a choice, we don't have a choice, but it's a tough one. Um, But trauma is at the heart of human behavior. Um, And unless we we deal with it, nothing changes. This week, uh, in addition on the nomic, the quote of Goffius is from Carl Jung. I think I mentioned him earlier on. He says, "Unfortunately, there can be no doubt that man is, on the whole, less good than he imagines himself or wants to be. Everyone carries a shadow, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. If an inferiority is conscious, one always has a chance to correct it. Furthermore," It is constantly in contact with other interests, so that is so. In that, it has, uh, it is subjected to modifications. But if it is repressed and isolated from consciousness, it never gets corrected. So that reinforces what I just said. The book this week, taking a completely one eighty uh, turn, is called Peak from Anders Ericsson, and it's all about um, performance and the psychology of performance. And what I like about this book, um, the reason why I bought it, actually, is because he uh, rebukes Malcolm Gladwell's interpretation or misrepresentation, you should say, I should say, of his research. And uh, uh, it's called Peak, and there's a link to it in uh, this week's issue. Give it a go. I'd say buy it, you know. If you're interested in performance and and uh, achievement well then it's worth a read the music album I've got for you this week and speaking of traumatised people is from Audio Slave self-titled album Audio Slave and uh, it's it's a great piece of music uh, and the archive the link to the archive there just some recent um, articles from myself so that's all I've got for you this week I want to thank you for listening in I'm back on Sunday with Sunday Letters so stick around for that And uh, I'll talk to you again today. I'll talk to you then. Please, God. All the best for now.